You're listening to... No, that's not real. You're listening to The Heidi Rue Show. Yeah, that's better. Inspiring. Entertaining. Real. The Heidi Rue Show. So today on The Heidi Rue Show, we've got... We're going to talk about food um, today. And I have to say that um, I, I'm a huge cook. I love cooking. I love baking. And... And I found this girl on Instagram, and her name is Laura Lee. And so I started following her, and then she had a cookbook. So, of course, I ordered the cookbook. And, oh, my gosh, I have cooked more recipes from her book than anybody else before. And let me just say that the black bean brownies are worth the price of the cookbook by themselves. It is so amazing. Um, I think I even messaged you, Laura, and told you this, but when I was making it, my husband goes, wait, do you hear what you're saying, what the ingredient? They're called black bean brownies. Do you hear that? Do you you really get that? And when he tasted it, he was like, Oh my gosh, I want to eat all of this. It's so good. Um, that is so awesome. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Laura. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here. Now, Laura, you are a certified holistic chef. You're a recipe developer. You're a writer. Um, but you're also an English lit major. Um, yeah. So what inspired <laughs> you to make that huge career change? Well, so it it sort of, it all kind of came together unexpectedly, but also very organically because I have always loved to write and read. That's always been my hobby and my passion. So that seems like a solid trajectory for college. And then I just thought, you know, I'll, I'll go to law school. That's a good fit. And that was really my plan is to be an English major, get to read a lot of great books, and then use that to help me become a lawyer. And I moved to New York, uh, let's see, after college, I guess this was 2008, and very quickly was very unhappy. I was working at a law firm to kind of see if it was a good fit for me, and it just really, really was not. So that's when the kind of full circle moment happened with food because I grew up with a mom who cooks amazing home-cooked meals every single night. So it was just part of, I think, my subconscious association with comfort and warmth and safety and Mm -hmm. community and all of that. And so when I was really deciding that it wasn't that law wasn't the best fit for me and I was feeling so low, I just started cooking. I just started going to the farmer's markets, picking out food and cooking. And I think that's where I, that was sort of my way of reaching back into what had given me such a sense of safety as a child and Mm -hmm. just creating it as an adult. Yeah. So then you signed up just, you just go, I love this so much that maybe this is my career trajectory <laughs> or. I mean, it was, it was sort of like that. So yeah. I had started, my job was, there wasn't a lot going on in 2008 and I was working in a mergers and acquisitions department. So I would that go on exciting. my very long, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was rough. It was rough. And, but I had these really long lunch breaks. So I would go to a bookstore around the corner, there was a Barnes and Noble, and I would grab um, nutrition books and cookbooks. I sort of, 
I gravitated towards the cookbooks, but then at the time, there were just a few people like Kimberly Snyder who were talking about the relationship between food and uh, physical wellness and also mental and emotional wellness. But that was still very that was still very up and coming. And what I noticed when I started cooking for myself and when I started diving into these books, my anxiety that I had had from living in New York and really to some extent my whole life started to diminish pretty significantly just from not eating out all the time and ordering takeout and going to restaurants and just making my own food. And I thought, I mean, I really just fell in love with that concept that food could impact so much more than just your physical body, but also your brain and your heart and everything. Yeah, that is so cool. So how did you end up even finding the the school that, because you found a school in New York, right? To, I did. to study. So how did you even find, I didn't even know that there were schools out there like that. Well, I didn't either. I just Googled it <laughs> one day. <laughs> I honestly, I had gotten so sort of smitten and deep into all of this that I actually Googled healthy cooking schools. And it turned out that there are, there are two in the country that are sort of like this. One is in San Francisco and one happened to be in Chelsea in New York City. And, you know, that was my backyard. And so I, I showed up there. I fell in love with it. And yet it took me about another year of just getting up the courage to apply but finally, I did. Finally, I did. I just knew when I walked into the space that it was the perfect way for me to get some kind of a certification, some kind of a degree. And I had fallen in love with the cooking process. But it's also, um, they teach you a lot about food and healing. It's a lot of courses on nutrition. And it was just, it just sort of fell in my lap. It, mm. it felt very serendipitous. Yeah. And then <clears throat> after school, you ended up starting your blog, and that's um, llbalance.com. Um, mm-hmm. it, what motivated you to even do that? Was that just because there's a lot of blogs out there, or, or, or what, what happened? What motivated you to get to that step? That's a great question. I think it was twofold. I think partly it was because I had really become attached to several bloggers that I was reading, and I felt so connected to them through their words and realized what a powerful medium it could be. And it was also something I could do from anywhere. I knew at that point that I wanted to move home to Nashville. So I liked the idea of something mobile. And I also was still a writer. I still had that love for words and writing and reading. And so it felt like the best way to kind of bring my skill sets you know, together. That's so cool. And it's so beautiful, isn't it? Because in the midst of a lot of times in our lives, you know, we think, what, why is this happening? And I, I love this, but then this is not working out for me. But somehow when all that stuff marries together, it just creates this beautiful, unique gift that you have to give <laughs> to the world. That's Absolutely. So cool. I love that. I love that you say that because You know, I knew from the beginning that I wanted to write a blog and that I wanted that to be part of my business. But the rest was a little bit of the spaghetti tactic of throwing everything against the wall to see what sticks. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs have to do that. And there's nothing wrong with that because sometimes you really just need to know, you need to try things to know what, where you can best serve people and what the best avenue is for you. And for 
me, it ended up being very different. The practice of my business ended up being quite different than what it is today. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a great point. And I love, I was reading an interview that you did, actually speaking of entrepreneurs, and you gave the advice to anyone that is looking for, to be an entrepreneur, of just doing it anyway. And you said (laughs) a lot of people hold themselves back because of self-created barriers. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the things that I wanted to ask you, just to get vulnerable with us, um, but what has been like a a self-created barrier for you that has held you back in the past? This is, yeah, this is great because uh, this question, you know, it makes me think um, <laughs> about a couple of different things. One is I, we all have self-limiting beliefs. I think women in particular actually have a financial self-limiting belief, mm-hmm. or at least I know I do. And I think part of what I had to overcome was this idea that I couldn't make a successful business online or through this sort of funky, creative um, path. And I think that that was a big part of it was just moving that, that aside and just day in and day out doing the work and knowing that I, there's no reason that I can't do that. There's no reason that I can't support myself financially through this work. And then I think mm-hmm. on a little bit of a more sort of meta level, I think it's just this idea of what is what what is my knowledge actually worth what is my value mm-hmm. there is so much competition was is even more why is my voice unique and why will people listen to me over anyone else and that was probably the overarching hurdle that i had to i think on a daily basis overcome because one it's just it doesn't it's not useful but two i think it's, I think it's very, very common, yeah. and what helped me is realizing that there's just so many dang people out there, <laughs> and yeah. your voice is going to resonate with mm. someone. If you are authentic and true to yourself, people are going to, to relate to it. Not everybody, but someone, you know, some people are going to, so there's right. just, there's plenty of space out there for everybody. Mm. So true. And uh, there is another thing that you said that I'm like, oh, my gosh, yes, I totally agree with this. Um, Because you said um, success comes from consistency, not perfection. And one, I'm a perfectionist, so this really resonated with me. But two, there's been so many things in my life um, that I have wanted to do, but I'm like, okay, I know it's not perfect. I don't have all the tools right now, but I'm just going to start. I'll learn as I go. And the one thing that I can commit to is be consistent, even if it's Mm -hmm. not perfect. Um, and exactly. I just, I love that. And you totally stay true to that just with your, your blog and creating recipes. Oh my gosh, you create so many recipes. I feel exhausted sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, she is amazing. Um, it takes me that long to like clean up my kitchen for, um, so are, do you have any tips to anybody else that may be struggling with that, um, to find consistency and being an entrepreneur or anything that they're trying to do, especially creatively? That's, that's really tough. I know it's tricky. Definitely, I think that the big, the best thing that anyone can do is to just start small. And we have a tendency, I think women in particular, to want to do it all and say yes to everything. And I think one of the things I've learned in the last few years is truly the power of saying no and to be, and being laser focused on one or two things, especially as you're first starting a business. Just put everything you have into being consistent. 
whatever that schedule is that you decide, whether you decide you're going to post three times a week or once a month, dedicate yourself to that and try to ignore the rest for now. And slowly you can add to your business and you can take on other things once you feel like that's become a routine. I think a lot of the time we think things aren't easy, but almost everything becomes easy once it becomes a habit. So we have to put the time and effort into making something a habit. And that just means doing it even when you don't feel like it and, you know, doing it even when you're not even the most creatively inspired and being honest about that. Um, So I think that's a huge part of it is just paring down, keeping it, keeping it small and manageable and knowing that that's not a, that's not a failure on your part. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So, okay, your cookbook. I have literally, like, I will tell you, okay, so let me tell you some of my favorites from your cookbook. I mean, I already talked about the black bean brownies. The lentil burgers, um, love them. It's so great because then that it keeps me for like a week or so. It's just great to be able to mm-hmm. he- reheat those. Um, I love those. Um, I recently just made the, um, well, I made your snickerdoodle cupcakes um, for Easter and they were such a hit. And I'm always kind of nervous because you guys, so Laura, Laura's recipes, they're all healthy. She she always has like a gluten-free option, dairy-free option. She has a lot of vegan options. Um, and I love them, but I'm always afraid that other people are going to like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. what if they don't like it? What if this mm-hmm. scares them away? But Every recipe that I've made for anyone else of yours, everyone loves it, whether they are gluten-free, dairy-free, whatever. So that was the case with the snickerdoodle muffins, too. That's so cool. That's so awesome. One of the things that I wanted to know, though, from you personally, I mean, could you even narrow down, like, two recipes that you love of yours the best? I mean, that may be way too hard. Um, Well, I would say... Okay, so it's sweet and savory. So I would say it, it is hard because what I what I like because I like to have an option for everyone. I will say a plant based savory recipe and a um, carnivorous savory recipe. So okay. I would say that my tarragon almond chicken salad is probably my favorite of my savory recipes because it reminds mm. me of my grandmother. It's really easy it's really delicious and I feel like if you are a meat eater everyone likes chicken salad and it uses avocado as the base which is a a nice alternative and so I really really love that and then I actually would say in terms of plant-based the the veggie burgers that you're talking about are one of my favorites because I feel like there's nothing more satisfying than biting into a veggie burger or biting into a burger in general, but to get one that actually holds together, um, which took a million tries, I think is a little bit more difficult. So I actually absolutely love those as well. And then on the sweet front, I mean, the holy fudge black bean brownies are definitely up there, but I would also say in terms of like utility, my, um, uh, oil-free apple pie oatmeal bars are probably one of my favorites, and they're one of my most popular recipes as well because they're so easy to put together, and they're really portable, and you can come up with a bunch of different varieties, and I think they've just done 
what my dream is with my work every day, which is just to make people's lives easier. Mm, yeah. Okay. I'm adding that to the list um, to make because <laughs> I have not made those. Those sound amazing, though. Um, and one of the things that you um, have inspired me to buy, well, actually, I didn't buy it, but my husband got me. This is so sweet, too, because I had mentioned it like in passing that, you know, Laura Lee has this air fryer and she uses it a lot and I think it's really cool. Um, and so he got that for me for my birthday um, just as a total surprise. And I so, so love it. So, yay. Um, so tell me what your favorite kitchen product that you use like all the time. Maybe it makes cooking just easier and more efficient. Um, if it's not the air fryer, then Mike, listen up because next, you know, <laughs> event, this, this is what I want. Uh, <laughs> so oh. what is that for you? Well, I would definitely say I'm going to, I'm breaking the rules again. I would say I have three, okay. but it depends on who you are. So I would say first and foremost, if you're investing in kitchen equipment, the Vitamix is the mm-hmm. best thing I think that you can get. So it is so versatile. I use it for almost everything. And so I definitely think a high-powered blender. There's also other companies that make them. It's probably first and foremost. And then in terms of things that are more that are a little bit more new to my collection and more fun, I would definitely say the air fryer for sure is up there because, one, it's quicker, in my opinion, yeah. than roasting vegetables. Two, it allows you to have the texture that you really want in a fried food. I personally think it actually does recreate the texture of fried food. But the third thing that it does that's really cool is because of the way it heats, and you also don't have to use oil, but because of the way that it heats, you do get a, you still get a nice bite on the inside of food and a lot of moisture on the inside of the food, whereas the oven can tend to dry things out. So I'm definitely a fan of the air fryer. And then the third is the Instant Pot, which everyone's really Mm. talking about a lot. You're hearing a lot about the Instant Pot. And I think it can be fantastic if if you and your family are people who like to do big batch cooking. You like to make a big batch of a soup or a stew or, you know, bolognese meat or rice or beans. um, And then you like to sort of mix and match and keep those throughout the week. So if you're someone who likes to eat that way, then I think the Instant Pot can be a game changer. However, if you're someone who is more interested in, like, a la carte, you'd rather make, you know, two salmon fillets and, you know, whatever it is that's going to just have you get you through that next meal, then it's probably not the best fit. But Mm. I use them all. Well, I have to say, too, I I know we before the podcast started, I was telling you that I made um, your quinoa and lentil pizza last night. And I mixed that in the Vitamix. And it was so quick and easy. I just I soaked the the lentils and the quinoa in the morning, like I put that in the water. And then I just kind of threw all the stuff in the Vitamix. And then it was just ready. It was so easy. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. No, I mean, I try to. I try to keep things really, really simple because, you know, I, I mean, I just try to make stuff that if I were, when I'm really busy, that I will actually turn to. And I know a recipe is successful if I continue to make it myself, you know, mm-hmm. over and over again. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. Why do you think that people resist, like, eating or cooking healthy? And part of it, is that because they think it's going to take so much more time? Or what do you, why do you think that is? I think it's a couple different reasons. I think that that is, I think time is absolutely a factor. I think that price is a factor and I think taste is a factor. I think people think healthy food is going to be expensive. 
difficult to make and it's not going to taste good. And that's just not, that's just not the case. But mm-hmm. kind of going back to what we were saying about consistency with your business, I think that consistency and not biting off more than you can chew literally is a good way to approach healthy cooking and to make it more approachable and accessible. I think we are in this amazing age of information where there's so much to choose from and that can be great, but it can also be so overwhelming for people that they don't even know where to begin. So they don't begin at all. And I think just picking a handful and by that, I mean, if you're starting out three to five recipes and mastering those and making sure that your pantry and your kitchen have the staples and the equipment that you need just for those recipes that you know that you and your family like and master them, make them a part of your life and then, you know, move on to some other recipes. I think that that is um, one, if you have your pantry and your kitchen stocked, you you may spend a little bit of money up front, but then you'll find it's really not expensive. And then like what we were saying, I mean, you know, once, once you've done something enough, it becomes easy. So I think it's like anything, you have to put some, you have to invest in it, put some practice into it, but just, you know, just keep it small. I mean, I shouldn't say this because I'm trying to sell cookbooks, but honestly, (laughs) you know, um, you can, before you invest, you can start with things on someone's website or you can get the cookbook and you can just, you know, start with just a a few of the recipes and make sure that you know those really, really well. And then the other thing I'll say about cost is, you know, the more plant, we should all be eating more plant-based food, no matter if you are keto, paleo, vegan, however you define yourself (laughs) and your diet, we should all be eating more plant-based food. And so, and that's going to save you a lot of, it's going to save you a lot of money if you Mm -hmm. do that. Isn't that so interesting? I tell my friends that all the time. I'm like, look, if you just cut out, if you cut out how much we spend on meat too, it's, it's actually huge. I mean, it's astronomically, I think more expensive than plant-based staples. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't have it. It just um, means that if you are, you know, if you're trying to come up with a, a tight budget for your food, then that's somewhere that you can, that's somewhere that you can very easily save a lot of money um, and you can also obviously look into local CSAs and farm, you know, shares and and that kind of thing. But but yeah, I think we should. I think we. I'm actually doubling the vegetarian section in my next cookbook because oh, it's just cool. really important to me. Well, and and the thing too about your recipes, Laura, and my if my husband was on the podcast right now, he would totally vouch for this um, because this is his <laughs> biggest complaint is that your recipes they're very hearty. So, you know, even if you, I think that's, that's something for him that he's always like, I'm just going to be so full. There's no way this is going to fill me up. And Mm -hmm. lo and behold, he's like, this is actually really filling. This is very hearty. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not still starving or anything. That's really cool. Well, I grew up with two big brothers and a big dad. (laughs) So the inspiration for most of my recipes are the kinds of foods that we ate growing up and just making healthier versions of them. So, and that's, it's, you know, my husband is a, a big meat eater and he has a big appetite. So I've, it's just been a very natural fit for me to kind of personally gravitate towards that. So mm-hmm. that I feel like I've definitely done my job if that's the case. Yeah. And just so for the listeners to their listening, um, Laura's cookbook, she doesn't, it's not just all vegetarian stuff. She has meat in there too. Um, we were just talking oh, about yeah. more focused on plant-based, um, but she does have a lot of great um, meat recipes that are really, really delicious as well. So mm-hmm. you mentioned your new cookbook. So let's talk yeah. about that. What is, what's on the horizon? Is that what you're kind of working towards next? 
or, or where yes. would you like to go? So yeah, so I'm I'm I've just started my second cookbook and I'm deep into that and that is definitely my primary focus. It always it's always all consuming but in the best possible way. And the second cookbook is going to have all new content. It's going to have a very similar structure to the first book, but I'm going to be introducing a few with each book because I plan to write more than two. Um, with each book, I'm going to slowly introduce people to some new healthy ingredients that they can incorporate that aren't expensive. And I make sure, like I did with the first book, that they're in multiple recipes so you're not wasting anything, like miso paste, for example. But then I'm also going to be doing some air fryer recipes and some instant pot recipes and a big vegetarian section. And I'm also really excited. I'm going to be doing a meal planning um basically tips and tricks for meal planning section, and there's actually going to be a symbol next to recipes that are good for um, meal planning and what they go well with. So I'm, I'm really excited to, I'm really excited to get this, yeah. to get this out, and I'll be working on that for the next year. Oh my gosh, that sounds like so exciting. So, okay, so that brings up another point though. So how long does it take to write a cookbook? Is it a full year that <laughs> generally it takes? Well, um, I'm crazy, and I actually wrote my <laughs> first book in six months, which I would not recommend to anyone, but I had a consulting job that was starting six months from when I signed my contract, and I thought, I can do this. I can do it in six months, and I did, but it was, I mean, it was a wild ride. <sighs> but I will say it, it, part of it was that I do my own photography, and that makes it a lot easier for me because I can – make a recipe and go and photograph it right away. I think mm -hmm. that's part of what can take longer. But it really depends. It just depends. I think for some people it takes several years. But for me, I'm, I'm someone who would rather just focus on one thing really intensely and, you know, get it done. Right. Um, but it's, it's a crazy process. Oh, oh, my goodness. Okay, so if, if people want to buy your cookbook, if they want to follow along on your blog and then on your social media, um, how can they find you? So you can, you can just go on Amazon. My book is on Amazon. It's also in most bookstores that you can find around. And my website is llbalance.com. That's where all my recipes are. You can contact me through my website. And then my Instagram, I spend most of my time hanging out on Instagram. So not most of my time of my life, <laughs> most, of, most of my connecting time. Um, at Laura Lee Balance, which is just uh, L-A-U-R-A-L-E-A -E and then Balance. So that's, yeah, that's really yeah. where I am. And I would love to hear from anyone. If, if you have any questions at all, please don't hesitate to reach out. And what's so cool, too, about if you follow Laura on Instagram, so she usually posts, like, everything that she's eating throughout the day but it is so cool let me just tell you it is very inspiring because you're like you know first of all that looks so good it's so healthy and it just inspires you you're like yeah I don't just want this protein bar I need to have some air fried you know broccoli with her almond sauce or whatever <laughs> um so it's very inspiring um to That's be able awesome. to follow thank, along with thank you thank you for saying that I yeah. have a lot of fun doing it and um, I don't show everything but I do try to offer uh, because look I don't spend a lot of time putting my meals together so I definitely try to show like how you can just you know with a little bit of forethought you can mm -hmm. you can make meals pretty quickly yeah Absolutely. Well, Laura, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I really, really appreciate it. And I am just counting down the days for the next cookbook. Um, I'm <laughs> already kind of so wearing much, through <laughs> this one. So I'm looking forward to that. So thank you so much.
Well, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this. I really appreciate it. As a Georgia peach, she loves pleasing people, so she wants to know how she can improve the show. So let her know either on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, at Heidi Rue. Also be kind, because she's my wife. And if she has a bad day, then I'm really going to hear about it. 